Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. Another week of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Brandon Wallace from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Hope you had a great weekend. Got a good show for you today. Southern Miss baseball assistant coach, Travis Creel will be joining us a little later in the program uh, to talk about the banquet this weekend and first few days of practice and the showcase coming up this weekend. That'll be exciting. We will talk about the men's heartbreaking loss up at Middle Tennessee um, this weekend. And uh, Coach Joy Lee McNellis of the women's basketball team will join us here in just a minute. Kelly Sander, how's your weekend? Pretty uneventful. When you get to be my age, Luke, that's just the way you want it. You know, actually, I uh, did get to go to New Orleans and take in the the travel company production of uh, Miss Saigon, which was quite a quite a hit on Broadway back in the late seventies and early eighties, and it's just as good as I always rem- remember it being. So that's that's great that you can just get to New Orleans, see a Broadway show, and then still get home at a decent hour. You know, so I get down there every once in a while to do that. I'm glad that weekend uh, was well. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you since 1941, serving up some of the best barbecue in the land. This is the last week of January, and so take advantage of uh, their January specials. Kids eat free all January with a $10 in-store purchase. Also free delivery in uh, January. Super Bowl's coming up this weekend, and let Dickie's cater your Super Bowl party. Dickie's cooked here, loved Everywhere. Well, the Lady Eagles have uh, were had a two game homestand with UAB and Middle Tennessee, and here to talk to us about where the Lady Eagles are, uh, Coach Joy Lee McNellis. Coach, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, it's a, a tough homestand. Uh, you, you dropped a close one to UAB, and then man, a ferocious four, fourth quarter against Middle Tennessee this weekend. Just not enough in the end. You know, you're right. Uh, I do want to make a comment, though. Kelly. Yes. I'm impressed you can get to New Orleans, watch a show, and drive back. Well, I wasn't drinking, Joy. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I meant to stay awake because we're about the same age. Oh, now let me tell you, kid. That's a late night. (laughs) Yeah, no, I had to take a nap now, full disclosure. I did (laughs) take a nap. But it was worth it. It was it was worth the wait. The bad news was I was down there and found out you guys got beat, and I hated that. Yeah, that's the bad news. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, in both games, we hit the third quarter, and we began to struggle. Uh, struggled a little bit in the second quarter against UAB, but the third quarter just really haunted us. Uh, Shante Hales, our leading scorer, goes scoreless in the third quarter against Middle Tennessee. And when that happens, you're not going to win a ball game. Um, you know, in the game against Middle, we fight. We cut it back to six. Uh, we're at, we just cannot get over the hump. And then we would have a mental mistake, and then they would hit a bucket, or we would turn it over, something that we, we just couldn't get over that six-point hump. Uh, but our fight was great in that comeback against Middle. 
Um, we just did not do exactly what we needed to do. In the game against UAB, I'm telling you, they shot the cover off of it. Uh, they're one of the best three-ball shooting teams in the country. Actually, they were ranked as a team in number one, and Rachel Childers, which is their player that starts at their four spot, um, power forward, small forward spot, really uh, was ranked number one in the nation in three-ball shooting. I thought we did a decent job in trying to contain their three balls, uh, particularly in the first first half. We were at, we did a great job. Uh, got loose a little bit in that second half, and I think we had some mental breakdowns on some switches because we were switching on some players, we were staying on some players, and when we made rotations in our substitution, we got some loss in, got got lost, and UAB hit some really some timely threes. Um, and again, not to take anything away from either one of those teams, they're both very good teams. And you know, their UAB starts five seniors. They're a veteran team that's had some success. Uh, Middle now, on the other hand, is a fairly young team, but their point guard was freshman of the year in the SEC, played at Tennessee, and transferred in. And she was a major difference for them. So, what, so, um, so, what are you guys n- not doing as well, perhaps now, Coach McNellis, as you were right, doing when, when you guys were were stringing together those wins, or are other teams just uh, just playing better? You know, well, number one, the competition's better. To be very honest with you, uh, Kelly, because UAB and Middle Tennessee, for example, were picked two and three to finish in our league. Right. So the competition, number one, is different. Uh, number two, and then Rice, we lost to Rice, and they were picked to win the league. So we just coming off of playing the top three teams in the league. Um, and so they're very good, number one. But number two, for as far as us, in all three of those games, our bench players gave us nothing. We were 0 for 5, 0 for 6, 0 for 3, 0 for 3. And when we can't get production from our bench, you're not going to win ball games because the game's not won just with five players. I also think on the flip side of that, that's what caused our inconsistencies, where we had to make rotations and then we made mistakes or felt, you know, we didn't apply the defensive principles or whatever our defensive scheme was. But then again, I'm not going to lay it all on our bench by any means. You know, we just can't have players whether it be our starting lineup, whether it be whoever, to let things slip through the cracks this time of the year when you're playing the three top teams in the league. No, but, now, but, as a staff, and, and again, the buck stops here with me, okay? And I take full responsibility of that. So what we have really tried to focus on, even going into this weekend after the Rice game, because what we do, we always show them how we lost the lead and how we gained the lead and what happens in those segments. So, for example, going into the UAB middle game after playing the Rice-North Texas swing, we focused on two minutes and 30 seconds. That's when things are changing for us in two minutes and 30 seconds. So we had segments of practice where it was two minutes and 30 seconds. Today, for example, this weekend, things changed in a minute and 28 seconds for us. So today we had segments in practice for a minute and 30 seconds is what we played it, and you had to score four out of five possessions or three out of five possessions and get stops. If not, we had to run stairs. So I think it has to be brought to our attention. We see it visually. 
and we have to go back out and practice and then mock that and make it better than what it was in that game. But if you're not getting any help on the bench, is it reasonable that other teams might be getting into your, your ladies' legs just a little bit? They, well, they are. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, our bench is playing. They're on the floor. We had bench playing 11 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. So, you know, we're getting minutes out of our bench. They're just not giving us production. Like in the Middle Tennessee game, we had one player give us 13 minutes, 11 minutes, 14 minutes. But, again, we have some star- two starters that play 39 and 36 minutes. Um, yeah. So, again, that's very true, very true. Uh, we try very hard to make a rotation or a sub out before the quarter ends to get them through that break, to have a little bit of a rest. Um, you know, I, I hate 30-second timeouts because it doesn't give you, you, you know, you don't have very long to give them a break. Um, but right. before any of the media timeouts, we try very hard looking at the clock. The media is coming up in a minute. If we can sub somebody out, let's sub them out to try to maintain, and then we'll get them back in. So we've tried to manage player substitution to be able to help us, but sometimes with foul trouble, that's out of our control. Coach, uh, about a minute left. Uh, Lady Eagles 3-4 and four in conference play right now, right in the middle of the pack. It doesn't get any easier this week. You go up to Old Dominion, who's 16-3 and three on the year, and uh, you stay on the East Coast uh, for a Saturday uh, game against Charlotte. What do those two games look like for you? You know, they're very different than – both of those games are very different than the three we just played. Uh, the three we just played with Rice having huge size uh, and having three-ball shooters. UAB has the best three-ball shooting team in the league. And then you've got Middle Tennessee that shoots the cover off the ball as well from three-point range. Both of those teams are bucket getters. They're going to the rim, to the rim, to the rim. Now, Old Dominion has some of their subs that come off the bench – they can shoot the three, but it's a different style. Charlotte's style is different. Charlotte's more like us um, that has a solid mixture of it. I think the biggest thing in going into this weekend is we must do a couple of things. Number one, we've got to take care of the basketball better. We did a horrible job this weekend, and we had done a great job up to this weekend. Um, but we we got to take better care of the basketball. We have to get some second-chance points. we got to get to the free-throw line. We have to get to the free throw line to be able to try to get opponents in foul trouble. We can't have situations where an opponent shoots, for example, in the Middle Tennessee game. They made, they shot 31 free throws to our 19. And they yeah. made 18, and we only took 19. You're not going to win a ball game. Right. You've got to be aggressive and attack the paint. And I think on the road it's even more critical that you attack the paint. Um, so we've got to be able to do that. We've got to limit their second-chance points, and we've got to go get second-chance points. And right. I think if we can keep this group out of the paint, then it'll give us an opportunity to rebound and go shoot layups on the other end. Well, Coach, uh, man, good luck to you and your ladies on the East Coast. Thanks for spending some time with us today, and go get them. Thank you very much for having me. appreciate you guys. It's Coach Joy Lee McNellis, women's basketball at Southern Miss. We'll be back and talk some Southern Miss baseball on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday. Appreciate Joy Lee McNellis for stopping by and spending some time with us. Lady Eagles on the road this Thursday up in Norfolk, Virginia. 
against the Old Dominion Monarchs at 6.30 p.m. And then Saturday in Charlotte, taking on the Lady 49ers of Charlotte at 4 p.m. And wish the Lady Eagles a lot of luck and go get them uh, on the road. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, just across the street from the administration building in the front entrance of the University of Southern Mississippi, where you need to go for all your swag and everything you need to cheer on the black and gold. You can also visit them online, campusbookmark.net. 18 days until baseball season. Golden Eagles have their first uh, practice um, this past Friday on that brand-new million-dollar playing surface. And getting ready in a couple hours to go out and and hold a scrimmage. And happy to have joining us uh, on the phone. The hitting coach himself, assistant coach for the Golden Eagle baseball team, Travis Creel. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Y'all doing all right? Doing great, man. It's uh, you got a you got a scrimmage in about two hours. What's uh, the opening weekend really been like, practice wise? Oh, it's been good. You know, we uh, to be honest with you, the turf's kind of coming to play right away. It uh, it rained pretty good on uh, on Wednesday and a little bit Thursday, and uh, you know uh, we were able to go on the field full go on Friday and Saturday. And obviously, the rain hit us yesterday a little bit, so uh, we're going to scrimmage today uh, for our third day, third scrimmage in the last four days. We talked to Coach Barry about this, especially for your infielders. Uh, seems like that turf's going. To, the, the hops are going to play more true. Has has the turf come in in any way of, of fielding balls on defense? Sure, I mean it's you know pretty well known and documented. You know, there's, there's not if there's any, there's not many bad hops on the thing on, on turf in general. So uh, you know you can trust the you can trust your read a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it should, should be less interference. That's for sure. It's not just. Uh, you know, us as our opponent as well. It should be a little cleaner baseball, you'd think. So, we'll see. Want to want to come back and, and talk to you a little bit about the 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 offense. Um, but uh, this past weekend, um, Kelly heard you speak at uh, I think was it Kiwanis, Kelly, a couple H- weekends ago. Hattiesburg, Sotoma, last Thursday. Yeah, that's right. Good year yeah, for guys and, up there. And we. <laughs> So, uh, the the banquet was this past weekend, and what was that like, man? Jake Peavy's there, uh, g- good turnout. Um, I was off speaking somewhere, couldn't couldn't come. That's usually a regular for me. How were were you guys pleased with how the banquet went Saturday night? Man, it was awesome. It always is. Uh, you know, this is obviously my first year back in a while, but it's, it's my sixth banquet. I was I was a player for five of them, but uh, you know, just just like I remembered, uh, obviously a ton of ton of fan support. It was packed out and. And Petey was awesome. I mean, he's such a personal guy. He uh, he hung out with our guys and, and and the rest of the crowd for probably an hour after, just you know, signing autographs, taking pictures. I mean, he was really really cool. And uh, yeah, uh, Coach Denson, uh, obviously, Hill Denson was our MC of the night, and he's hilarious. He did awesome job too. It was a lot of fun. That's good. Kelly, I know you heard uh, Coach Oz and, and Travis speak at Sertoma, and, man, there's a lot to look forward to for this 2020 squad. Yeah, but both of you, I want to kind of put on the spot there, you both said what a great group of guys the Sertoma Club was, and then you both started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I will ask if he laughs. I, I didn't, no, I, I laugh. yes, you're laughing with us, Travis, not 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 <laughs> right. about us. That was a lot of fun. I want, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the theory of hitting. and I, I, I mean, I coached youth baseball for years. And when all these guys were doing their drafting, you know, everybody would get that big guy that could hit home runs. I mean, all the time. But I never wanted that guy because if he wasn't hitting a home run, he was probably striking out. And as a coach, I can't move people. 
All right, if you're if you're striking out, I can't. I'd rather have that single and doubles hitter, that spray hitter who puts the ball in play. What are your thoughts when you go to recruit kids on the home run hitter versus the single and double guy? Sure, great question. I think I think from from my standpoint, I'm I, I Coach Barry on the same page from a recruiting standpoint. We want a balanced attack. I mean, yeah, you want guys that can uh, are really tough out who don't strike out and who can run and, and do some things, uh, you know, a little different. But you also you know, you need those guys that can leave the yard. Um, obviously, tons of chimes with the new bats and, and things like that, but uh, you don't have quite the, you know, quote-unquote gorilla ball that it used to be. But at the same time, you know, uh, the past, you know, five or so years here, uh, there's been a ton of success with the long ball. So that's kind of side armors and long ball. That's kind of Southern Miss DNA. And, and Coach Berry likes big boys who can hit it far, but we're going to, really try to get a you know a balanced attack where we have a little bit of everything in our lineup. And and your predecessor really, really liked those left handed hitters. Um, and and might even give up a little bit of average if they hit from from the left side. Do you what is your preference one way or the other? Yeah, I really don't have one. Obviously uh you know being being left handed and you know having a balanced lineup, you know, five and four one way or the other is kind of a goal. But at the same time, when you're recruiting you're taking the best available. If if you love a kid and and you need a left-handed hitter, but you find a right-handed hitter who can really hit, you take him. I mean, it's nothing like you're going to pass on a kid just because of the way he hits, but um, unless you just have such an overwhelming dynamic on your team where, you know, kind of be a pointless. But I would say best available is kind of what we do. Um, so I don't, I don't really think one way or the other. It may turn out we have a ton of left-handed hitters next year as well. I don't know. But um, from the standpoint of, of us going out and, Plucking those kids because they hit left-handed, that's not going to be the case. Southern Miss assistant baseball so Kelly, coach Travis Kelly, Kelly Sander. Yes. yes. You just went on the record saying that you would not take Matt Walner. That's basically what you just said. <laughs> um, well, if, if you're in a draft situation, there's a lot of great players. Sure. Okay, and, and, I would just, and obviously it would be who else is available. But I personally, that's one of the things I like about baseball is there is no one right answer. Okay, yeah. I know yeah, many ways to win a game. That's yeah, true. and I know those home run hitters are the ones that that make all the big money and you know create the excitement by hitting the long ball. But as a coach, for somebody that wants to move somebody from first to third, I can't do it on a strikeout. I can even do it on Matt a. Matt Walner is always the right answer. Always, <laughs> I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and it's just, but it's just a matter of, of preference. That's all. You know, when you when you're drafting players, there's lots of good guys available that can do. You know, both, both things about that. Coach Creel, I wanted to, the, the, one of the dangerous trends that I see going on in college baseball, really all college sports, is that the younger athletes are, quote-unquote, being offered now as freshmen in high school. It doesn't happen a lot, but we're seeing more of it than we have in the past. And so many things could happen in a four-year high school career. What, what do you see as the future in college baseball as to, as to how early some of these kids are, are being offered, and will that change? You know, I don't think it'll ever change just from a standpoint of, uh, and I hate to say this and be pretty blunt with it, uh, you know, if a certain school, you know, commits an eighth or ninth grader and four years down the road, um, they're not uh, progressing like that school had hoped, they'll just cut ties where you can't sign an NLI, you can't sign a scholarship until your senior year. So the school itself um, really has no... Uh, I guess there's no risk on the school side to do that. Um, so they're going to keep doing it, which, I mean, 
to be honest with you, I, I can't really blame them. Um, there's no risk for them. And unless, they, you know, they, they bring it up uh, where you can sign a scholarship at a younger age, it's not going to change. And uh, they're not going to do that. So I don't see it changing. No. Yeah, so really, so really uh, and not to put words in your mouth, but really the, the impetus is on parents and players to understand that if, if the player commits to school X, Y, or Z as a freshman, they're essentially pulling themselves off the market when that school could, could theoretically come along his senior year and say, we changed our mind. That's very true. And, you know, I think, you know, schools in this state uh, usually do it the right way. Um, so, uh, you know, we're talking from a local standpoint, uh, not a ton to worry about. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the athlete's kind of put in a tough spot because in baseball, um, once a player's committed, schools quit calling, where in other sports I think there's still some aggressive recruiting going on. Uh, you know, if a baseball player's committed, we don't call them. Or if we have a commit, other schools don't call them. It's kind of a, uh, I guess, a gentleman's agreement um, once a kid's committed that their recruitment's over. Um, so the same point, if, if, if a school tells a certain kid, hey, we need to know something, even if he's in the ninth grade, um, and put some pressure on him to commit, you know, it's tough for them not to, which I understand that as well. Yeah, so Luke, really the lesson there to parents and to players is, look, don't don't be in such a hurry. You know, if, if you were wanted as, as a freshman, chances are you'll be wanted as a junior and a senior. Just, just pump the brakes a little bit and uh, – yeah, but if, but if he's a stud, come out to the Pete, look at the new surface, and and just go ahead and commit as a freshman to, to play, so that you won't get any calls. The we, that's the way we want it, Coach Creel. All right, uh, about thirty seconds left. The scrimmage today, it's it's open to the public, correct? Yes, absolutely. Any anybody, anytime they want to come out and watch the scrimmage, come on. You know, it sounds like it so sounds 3 like. Thirty today. You could use that as a phrase. Any time, anywhere, any place. That'd be kind of oh cool. God, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, never heard it. Today, I don't know what I y'all think, are talking about. Three thirty today. I think we'll go uh, pretty long one today. I think it'll be about uh, between seven and nine innings. So it'll be a, it'll be a good deal for uh, good day for it. Good deal, well, man. We appreciate you stopping by and. Uh, uh, I, I'm in fan. I'm a fan of the long ball, but you know, if Kelly wants batting average, just put both of them together and let's score about 800 runs this year. All right? There you go. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, we got it covered either way. Travis, thanks for stopping by. And we've got basketball. We got basketball talk. Uh, recap the men's game this weekend. The Massey ratings are out, and the latest Southern Miss headlines are coming up in a moment. The Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. To the top. Happy Monday, Golden Eagle fans across the state. The Eagle Hour continues from our First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly Sanner and producer engineer Brandon Wallace in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in beautiful downtown Laurel. I beat you there to it, Luke. This, uh, this installment of the Eagle Hour, or this segment of the Eagle <laughs> Hour, brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill within, in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. 4th Street Grill is the official pregame place of Southern Miss fans, whether you're headed to a basketball game or a baseball game here as the season goes on. Home of the 895 lunch special and the best place in town to shoot pool and hang out 
with Golden Eagle fans. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, we're going to be there the day of the opener of baseball season. We're going to have a remote there at Fourth Street. So tell them that we said, hey, the latest Massey ratings are out in college basketball. And the biggest mover in the league, Luke Johnson, albeit negatively, was UAB. UAB getting beat at home by Southern Miss caused the Blazers to drop 30 spots in the rankings, whereas that win by the Golden Eagles moved Southern Miss up 11. So let's very quickly take a look at the Massey ratings. The Most coaches will say that they like the Massey ratings. It's the, it's, there's no human element involved. It's all computer strength of schedule, home and away, wins and losses, so on and so forth. Louisiana Tech still the top team in the league, according to the Masseys, coming in 75th. Out of 353 Division I schools, Louisiana Tech 15-5 and five overall, moved up 15 spots. But right behind them, and I mean right behind them, in 76th is North Texas. The Mean Green is 14-8. and eight. They were up 16 spots. Western Kentucky is third in the league, 100th overall. They're 14-6. and six. They moved up 14 spots. Charlotte moved up 11 to 157. Then comes UTEP, up eight spots at 162. Then Florida International, who has a 14-7 and overall mark. Florida International, up five spots to 167. So those six teams, La Tech, North Texas, Western Kentucky, Charlotte, Utah, UTEP, and FIU, are all in the upper half of the Division I ratings. The other eight teams, UAB, UTSA, FAU, Marshall, Old Dominion, Rice, Southern Miss, and Middle Tennessee in that order are in the bottom half. Middle Tennessee is 318th out of 353. Again, the Eagles are up 11 spots to 265. They're right behind Rice. The Owls are down 26 spots. Old Dominion, as we work our way up toward number one, Old Dominion 208th, Marshall 201st, Florida Atlantic 200th. UTSA 190 and UAB at 187, but again, the the, um, UAB Blazers down 30 spots in the latest poll. Of course, Southern Miss is back at home this week to take on uh, Old Dominion, and who else they got this week? They got Old Dominion and... uh, Marshall? Old Dominion and Charlotte. Charlotte, that's right. Charlotte. Then they go to you got, Marshall. You got Marshall next week. Yeah. So that's a look at the, the Massey ratings. Uh, in case you're interested in Massey ratings at the junior college ranks, this is a Southern Miss show, but Pearl River Community College in Poplarville is the number one junior college team in the country. According to the Massey ratings, Chris Oney's Wildcats are still undefeated this late in the year, and they will play Meridian tonight. So, Luke, a, a tough, t- a great win, as we talked about last week against the Blazers, but then, man, a tough loss at, uh, at Middle Tennessee because there's no telling what the Eagles might have been able to accomplish if they'd you know, win those two on the road and then come back home for two. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, Eagles drop a 65-63 uh, defeat, and uh, it was really, really pretty at the end of the game. Uh, Watson missed a... Uh, Watson got a, a, a shot block. Drain picked it up and basically hit like a, a fallaway three-pointer and tied it up. And then the final 11 seconds, they drive down, and Jack Donnelly gets called. It, it was a, a two-key call. What do we call it? I mean, it was just a tough call. Sends them to the line with a second left. They hit both free throws, and Middle Tennessee wins 65-63. But it was a case where the Eagles played nine guys, but they really only played six uh, Weatherspoon, Leslie, and Rigby had combined 10 minutes. And so uh, you look at 
it was a better game for Drain. Um, still trying to find the, the, the deep ball, though. Jack Donby, 16 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, Stevenson continues to, to score 17 points, 5 rebounds. But it was just one of those games where we should have won. Middle Tennessee is, is towards the bottom of the pack. Uh, at, at halftime, they were up by one, and, and then they beat you by two. They scored 39 points in the second half to our 38. I just uh, I was a little frustrated um, at the end for, for to lose a game like that. You and I were talking uh, during the commercial break. It just seems sometimes basketball happens that way. It, it does, and, and I don't think anybody would have been surprised if you have said that the Eagles were going to be one and one on the road trip, but I think people would have thought they would have beaten the Blue Raiders and lost to the Blazers. But it was the other way around. They beat UAB and then got beat by Middle Tennessee. But that Middle Tennessee loss, um, you know, that when you're, when you're trying to get up off the bottom of the pile, you know, and can separate yourself between Middle Tennessee and now Rice and some of the other ones, that could have really catapulted you up into um, further solidifying a spot in the Conference USA postseason tournament. But now you're kind of right back down there, and it's, it's anybody's guess as to who's not going to get in rather than who is going to get in. And as the season goes on, it clearly appears that La Tech, North Texas, and Western Kentucky are flexing their muscles up there in the top three, and everybody else is kind of uh, you know fending for themselves. But if the, the NCAA tournament takes, what, 65 teams, and La Tech is the top-rated team in Conference USA at 75, so if they were just to base it on the Massey ratings, you can see where Conference USA is indeed you know, a one-team uh, tournament league. But you got to get into that conference tournament in order to have a chance to become that one-team league. So I would think that would be the Eagles' focus at this point. But now come home for two games before heading on the road, and the games on the road won't be as difficult as some as, the, as they've had on the road. So, man, here's keeping our fingers crossed that they continue to improve and can maybe go 500 the rest of the way. That'd be awesome. And then at the end of the year when they do the pod play, you know, uh, depending on where they finish in those four-team pods or however it works, you know, they could uh, get a few more wins there. So there's still a lot of basketball to be played. And realistically, get into the Conference USA tournament, and then it's anybody's guess, whoever gets hot at the right time. Yeah, I mean, it was coming into this road trip, you thought they would go one and one, but you thought they would win at Middle Tennessee. So you had yourself set up pretty good when you won at UAB. You, sh- you probably should have won the game at Middle Tennessee. Even after the game, the Middle Tennessee coach told Coach Ladner that it was, uh, it was a tough call and, and, you know, you get a little momentum and then you, you feel like maybe you got halfway hosed on it, but that's basketball. So they come back Thursday, take on Old Dominion Saturday at Charlotte or uh, at home against Charlotte, both of those teams. So when you look at the, CUSA rankings, Old Dominion right in the middle of the pack at four and four, eight and thirteen overall. Charlotte a little better, six and two, twelve and seven overall. Golden Eagles, uh, we we should say it, they're seventh, but there's really third from the bottom at two and six, six and fifteen, because there's a whole bunch of teams three and five, and four and four. You got a chance to beat Old Dominion, and then maybe you can uh, you you can find a way against Charlotte next week's Marshall and at Western Kentucky, which is probably the hardest game uh, on. In, in conference right now, Western Kentucky, uh, they they're good. I mean, you know, they're seven and one, fourteen and six. Uh, but again, it's it's whatever is this this remnants of this flu bug and this other stuff. And and just to show you what was happening Saturday, Watson got hurt, and so when he got hurt, uh, Malone's not available, and so Jared Rigby has to come in. And those you know three or four minute span there where they just kind of jumped on him and. I think if Watson would have been in there, we could have extended uh, our, our lead a little more and, and kept it there. So, 
you you play nine guys, you only really play six guys. Kanatsik uh, gets another start. He put 33 minutes. Drain never came off the floor with 40 minutes. But uh, a positive, Jack Donmeet had 12 rebounds, and the Golden Eagles on the night um, had 34 points in the paint. You just think, man, if we could start hitting threes better than what we could. The ability for us to attack the inside as we've been able to do um, this year, Kelly, it's just that three ball's got to come sooner or later. You think so? It's all, but that's why they give you three instead of two, is because it's not going to go, you know, as much as the as the regular shot from the floor. And when you look at the Southern Miss schedule, the fact that they played La Tech, who's the top team in the league, on the road, they they also played them at home, but they've already played them on the road. They've got Western Kentucky, you know, on the road. All right, um, so at least. Those games are on the road that you would expect to lose on the road anyway, right? And you've got some teams that you might be able to, that, that are a little more your speed, so to speak, come to Hattiesburg, including Old Dominion and Charlotte. And they've still got games with FIU and FAU. Those are at Hattiesburg. And then they'll, you know, put all the teams in the pod again. And however the standings come out, then they'll work those, those pod games toward the end of the season where you don't know whether you're at home or away, but you're going to be playing teams that are similar in record. So, and that was the whole purpose of it, to try to help you, you know, garner some wins to get you some attention to any of the postseason tournaments, even if it's not the NCAA. But the next, uh, next couple of road games are at home for the Eagles, December 30th, and then they turn right around on Saturday. A whole new month. We turn the calendar over to February 1st already. It seems not possible. But this coming uh, Thursday and Saturday, the Golden Eagles will be back at Reed Green Coliseum. And, Luke, I know we're hoping that uh, people will make plans to attend. The crowds have been better. The students are back now. And uh, no doubt they will be turning out in larger numbers to uh, help Coach Ladner uh, show support for Coach Ladner and these guys as, uh, as they still have a, a lot to play for. So let's hope, let's hope for the best headed down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. So uh, 7 p.m. Thursday and 2 p.m. on Saturday. We'll take a break and come back and uh, close out this Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Stick with us on Super Talk Mississippi. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Located at Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Their entire inventory online. You can uh, go by and see those vehicles for yourself or go on the go on the, the website and uh, pick you out some and Go see our friends down there. We appreciate Toyota Hattiesburg sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Men's tennis this weekend uh, shuts out Florida A&M 7-0 on Saturday and taking on West Alabama this coming Thursday at 2 p.m. On the ladies' side, they were supposed to take on New Orleans, but uh, because of the rain on and weather on Sunday, unable uh, to uh, 
take on the privateers, and uh, that will be postponed and announced at a later date. They take on West Alabama this coming Wednesday in Hattiesburg. Luke Kelly and Brandon Wallace from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Bob out today. Uh, pretty pretty tragic yesterday, Kelly Sander. I was um, I got home, ate some lunch, and uh, was just uh, scrolling through Twitter when I started seeing this this heartbreaking news uh, that 41 year old Kobe Bryant, uh, along with his 13 year old daughter and as well as uh, some some others, uh, die in a helicopter crash yesterday. Uh, just kind of one of those moments you go back to uh, when you're when you're watching uh, NASCAR and, and Earnhardt, um, you know, just passes away right in front of you, and you you think about other other moments. But you know, when when someone of this magnitude that was so good for so long and in the obviously the top three or four in in this sport, man, it's just like everyone's affected. There was at one point yesterday on on Twitter uh, of the. 30 trends going on in the United States. 29 were about Kobe Bryant. It's just kind of, it's just a head scratcher today, man. That that so so young, 41. Um, he's gone. Well, tomorrow's not promised. I mean, we we say that lots of times, but we really don't think about what we're saying when we say it. And tomorrow, you know, really isn't promised. And I know a lot of people this morning who have talked about this have said, you know, well, we need to remember the other people that that passed in the crash, and we do. And, and these people, when they mention that, they say, I think it's unfair that Kobe's getting so much of the focus. And, and here's why, okay? When athletes like that make all this money in, in the headlines every day, they're, they, they're going to get that publicity. But remember, a lot of the money that they make is because they're giving up their privacy. They have no privacy, all right? So, yes, Kobe is being focused on in this crash, but it was also Kobe that was being focused on when he was having marital problems and some things like that. It's part of celebrity. The reason you don't hear about the other people in the helicopters is because they weren't celebrities. So you don't hear a lot about them in this crash, but you didn't hear about them either if they had marital problems or some things were going on. Does that, does that make sense? So, yes, obviously everybody should be remembered, but that's why... Kobe Bryant and his family are getting so much of the attention is because good or bad celebrity that's that just partly goes along with it um it's it's and you know there was a junior college baseball coach from California who had coached at his school for 20 years you know and he and his daughter were were on on that flight as well um you just you just never think that um that things like that are going to happen but uh but they do and so, as believers, as believers, be ready. Be ready. And it was uh, it was pretty interesting. I went back and was reading on Kobe's uh, Twitter profile. You know, the night before, LeBron James passed him for a third all-time in NBA scoring history. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number one. Carl Malone, the mailman, number two. Uh, until Saturday night, Kobe Bryant set at number three. LeBron passes him on Saturday night. And then Kobe Bryant's last tweet of his life, here it is, at 9.39 p.m. on Saturday night. He tags LeBron and he says, continuing to move the game forward, LeBron, or at King James, much respect, my brother. And he has an emoji of a, of a flexing bicep. And then he, he, uh, hashtag LeBron's, uh, zip code from, from Ohio. So, 
gracious, you know, passed up and acknowledging that the game moves forward, and that's uh, that's a that's a great way to be remembered. Uh, understanding that he was a part of a game that was bigger than himself, but man, Kobe, well, one one of the greatest, and it certainly will be one of those moments uh, for for a lot of time. People will remember where they were yesterday uh, when when they heard that news. So, uh, man, we we pray for his family and and for his wife and his for his daughters and. Man, it's just tough. It's tough when one of the legends uh, passes on way too soon. And and I think it was uh, Magic Johnson that that said that uh, he thought Kobe was the greatest Laker of all time. You know, and that's you're talking about Jerry West, wow. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and some of those other ones. So that's uh, you know high praise indeed. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be hearing more about it. Unfortunately, as as the week goes on, uh, tragedy for sure. Later on this week, we're going to be talking with Jonathan Brose of IMG College. You always hear John Cox and the radio crew say, you know, Southern Miss basketball or whatever. Brought to you by IMG College. Well, what exactly is IMG College? Well, we're going to be talking with Jonathan Brose a little bit later on in the week about that, and we'll be getting the table set for you for the basketball games coming up later on in the week. And Luke will tear off one more paper chain link tomorrow 17 days to the baseball season starting tomorrow so it's always great to be an eagle but as temperatures start to warm up and uh, sun starts to shine basketball winds down baseball gets rolling we'll have it all for you here on the eagle hour for luke johnson in laurel and our producer engineer here in hattiesburg brandon wallace i'm kelly sander thanks for joining us and until we talk to you again tomorrow at one o'clock southern miss to the top Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.